are, episode nine, and the final episode. That's right, we're done. It's over. By the time you hear this, I'm gonna be a famous celebrity because I got a video dropping on YouTube.com. I don't even know why I'm explaining this. I shouldn't even be doing this last episode, but it's a charity for you. I'll be deleting the backlogs. It's over because we're moving on to bigger things now that I'm a international celebrity. For now, for this episode, I'll have to explain one thing. There's a clicking sound going on you'll be hearing, and it's the dripping of drops of water. Because it was raining, and now it's just turned into piss slush. That's right, it's New York Hell Week. It snowed really hard earlier, and it was beautiful, and now it's just turned into disgusting rat piss slush. I just found out the Super Bowl is happening right now. Maybe it's done, I don't If you guys thought I didn't like sports before the pandemic, I forgot they existed at all. I forgot that it was a thing, but I guess it's a thing. I should have felt the tinge of boredom on a Sunday when everyone's focused on sports. But because we're in pandemic zone, all these days kind of seem the same. I love that element though, that no days specifically feel like Sundays, but I guess all days now feel like Sundays. They're all one, one slush day. Is it possible for me to sue America for not being able to have a midlife crisis because the pandemic? Like, this is supposed to be my time to be personally going psycho and everyone needs to help me. And now everyone's got, everyone needs their own help. This is really what's going on right now. Like, the, the sun is literally out. And so, like, the, there was white skies and, and beautiful snowflakes. And now it's like after it rains and the sun comes out. I don't think it's beautiful. I think it's hideous. Like, choose a side. Don't be soaking wet with the sun out. If you're going to be soaking wet, just have gray skies and be be gloomy entirely. Don't half-ass it. Pathetic weather. So this is the final episode because of my impending fame. Obviously, if you're one of the five, you know about um, how successful I'm, I must be by now. I'm so excited to to know what to look back at this episode and go like that's the like what, the day before I got famous or the day I got famous was that day all because I put a, a video on youtube.com the website it's just such great news I'm gonna be a breakout star what an honor it is to work on a project for a year with my buddy Hal Dane to put so much work into it and then to upload it for free onto youtube.com what a beautiful future although I did do that with the, our old thing, the Dreamsicles, about 15 years ago, and that, that didn't net anything, but this time it's gonna be different. Because this time, well, I, I don't know what the difference is. Isn't it time we just, like, let people die? And, and, and you know, we don't want people to die, but it seems like, like, like just the anti-masker, masker fight world, the, the, that simple line, even that is like, why are we trying to save these people that are trying to die? Let them die. And I know it's like, oh, it's, they could, they're, they have children that's not their fault and the kids are going to die too. Yeah, the kids are going to die. The grandpa, a lot of people are going to die, 100%. But also 100% of the people are going to die at one point anyways. Like you're not going to save those kids either way because they're going to grow up with those people as their parents, teaching them strange and untrue things. So we're not really worried about those kids. 
I say let them, let the people die. It's a fr it's freedom. They want to call it freedom. All that this pandemic has shown me is that like, like, like Texas like, like, should 100% secede and be their own place. And it, like, like this like, is a like, scenario like, like, in which it makes sense for people to to literally choose sides. It'd be like, like, yeah, like okay, like, 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 like why fight this stuff out at all? Cut America in half. The South goes to one side. Other people go to the other. It is a, it is a strange, strange thing. We call it the melting pot because we don't know what else to call it because really it's the like the fighting pot bring a bunch of people together that will not ever get along they won't even remotely be respectful to each other but we'll live next door to each other what a great idea just put these people in texas put it that's fine y'all go over there instead of fighting about whether we should have guns or not let the people that have guns have their zone they're making a tv show about the rocks life by Dwayne The Rock Johnson called Young Rock. It's like a family TV show about The Rock. That's what's happening in 2021. Instead of a, they're not even rebooting an idea, they're just pretending like this celebrity's life is sitcom worthy. The Rock better not have any dirt in his past because like his whole brand is somehow American wholesome. And this show looks like, you know, what you'd expect, a absolute fluff piece about how he was a great person as a kid and becomes great as an adult. Maybe he is a great person, I don't know. But there's no TV version of anyone's life that is true. That's actually why me and Haldane's pilot is not going to be featured on Netflix. There, there was one slot left, but they go, we're going to go with this show about The Rock as a kid. And they did not make the wrong choice, because that'll get way more views. But I'm not worried, because YouTube.com is a massive website. Everyone in America knows about it. YouTube.com is one of the best websites in America, so pretty sure it's going to work out for me. Just packing up my socks now. Actually, what am I doing? I'm going to get all new wardrobe. What am I talking about? I'm going to set all of my clothes on fire right now. I'm not going to need any of this shit. I'm going to get all new, nice stuff come Friday. By the time you guys hear this, I'm, I'm going to be balling. And don't try to text me, because I'm going to get a new phone, new number, celebrities only. Yeah, this whole time I was an actor in disguise. I just want to be up there on the stage. I just have to perform. I did talk to my brother today, though, and he said, he asked if I was nervous about it being offensive. Uh, and he has not seen it. So that tells you not much. I'm not sure what he would, yeah. But that's the that's that's family, you know. Are you worried you'll be perceived as a bad person? God, I love it. I mean, if my family would just listen to this podcast or do uh, support any of my projects, I'd have like eight more listeners. I have a big family, and if they force their children to listen, guys, I'll be in the twenties. I'm kidding, of course. Your support will never really come from your friends and family, or at least like in the artistic sense, like, they're not going to be the ones who, uh, love your creations. And that is normal, I think, because, yeah, it's just, it's hard to be impressed with a, with a sibling, I think, at least in my family. Or maybe it's that certain types of art require a mystique that you cannot have with a, a, a sibling who's grown up with you farting around them. It's maybe a combination of those things. I'm not saying family doesn't support anyone's endeavors. I'm just saying, like, you know, the, that's not going to be, uh, those aren't going to be your fans, they're your family. That's just how it is. 
And you probably, it's probably better that way. Otherwise, you end up in a Britney Spears scenario, which I wouldn't mind, technically. But I did just watch the, the Britney doc, which everyone should. It's an alarming, disturbing new documentary. And of course, it does not give you the answers that you want. Because they can't get information. So maybe don't watch it, because it doesn't lead you to anything. It was very disturbing, though, to see the paparazzi, all that, just like that. I mean, I guess it's still all still going on. Maybe there's just, like, better technology to avoid them, or I don't know. In that era, at least, it was Zane. Heavy Zane. I guess it was Zane before that, because that's how, like, Princess Diana died. So I guess these creatures have always been there. But it did seem like, if you had that much money, I would hire, not security, I'd hire people to kind of be acting like street people, and then when the paparazzi comes out, those street people that work for me that no one knows, they attack the paparazzi, and they go, like, buck wild, so that the paparazzi is going to have to take pictures of that, or they're going to be running from a psycho. That's what I would do. When I was watching this, I was like, someone needs to, like, come at these paparazzi with a baseball bat, and that would get them to run, and it can't be Britney, because then they'll get the picture of her with the baseball bat. The documentary did also rejuvenate my hatred of Southern accents. Not all Southern accents. It's not... There's just a, there's certain types in which it sounds like they're also kind of adding to it. We've talked about this before in the, on the podcast. Uh, the so, Southern accents that seem put on, when there's like they add a little bit of baby voice into it. Britney Spears would do that a lot, and and I think still does. But they interview certain people in her past, and, and there's just this certain type of Southern accent where it's like, you're adding syllables intentionally. You think it's cute or something, or you think it's wholesome. I don't know what it is, but it just, it makes me so fucking annoyed. I remember the word that they said. I think she said bike, but it was back. I was riding my back. I think it was that. It was just something like that where it's like, there's no, how can you be saying the word bike and say back? The thing that is annoying about the Southern accent in that respect is that the things don't, the, the sounds and words don't really translate. They don't really cross over. It's like, okay, let's say when someone's saying back means bike. So that would infer that anything with an I sound would be A. But that's not how it goes. It's just it's just randomness that uh, like a word is just morphed and that, that word is that. Because you wouldn't say, hey, there's my friend Mike, and then go, hey, there's my friend Mac. Hey, there's Mac. Actually, maybe he would. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's definitely part of like the kind of the Bible, the Babel belt. Bible, Babel. I guess, wait, maybe, maybe it is all the same. The Babel belt. We are definitely in right in the middle of the Bible Belt. Brittany sang in the choir. She grew up going to church every Sunday. So I've known her since she was five. But I think like the the linguistics is uh, evolved from the Baptist Christian faith also. So like they, everything has to be kind of cutesy and soft and safe. Cannot admit like and nothing can sound sexy, but in turn everything sounds childish. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I ever really had any definition on what I was supposed to do with Britney. Speaking of accents, I watched this documentary. It was called, like, Innocent but on Death Row. It was made by this woman. I, I don't know where she's from, but she sounded kind of like kind of like Werner Herzog, which he's, I think he's German, but he doesn't sound, he's got a very strange accent. But it seemed like her whole style was also based on his, which is kind of open ended questions and not accusatory statements, but she seemed to kind of also agree with a lot of statements that sounded like bullshit. Like, there's, it was her interviewing these killers and these killers that, pretty sure they did it, based on this evidence, but they keep saying, like, no, man, that evidence is, that's fake, man, I, 
cops probably did that. And she would be like, oh, wow, really? Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's not to say that she necessarily was believing all of it, but it did sound like it. It did sound like everything that they said that, to me, sounded 100% like bullshit. She was like, oh, wow. I mean, she made this whole documentary about that these guys must be innocent, so she must believe it, obviously. But I do love my murder docs. My, uh, especially, like, the pr- the prison ones, which Werner Herzog did some, gr- I don't know if I called him Werner, it's Werner, I believe. How could I not know this? He's, like, my, my favorite documentarian of all time. Uh, but Werner Herzog. That's not how he sounds, either. I'm doing great disrespect. But I love his documentaries, all of them. They're all truly incredible. Um, but he's done a few, or he did one about, called Into the Abyss, that was a murder, um, or a death row doc. Uh, he, he doesn't agree with uh, capital punishment, but he, you know, he's, either way, the docs are usually just crazy in-depth and often go into a totally different subject matter, but the death row ones are, he did like a whole series on about these people on death row, all of which uh, do not seem to be innocent. Very in-depth cases of horrific murder and them completely lying about it. Also speaking of accents, I've always wondered if the name Gianni is just actually trying to say Johnny, but it's in the Italian accent, so it's like Gianni. But like, so is the name Gianni a real name or is it just Johnny pronounced different? I don't know. I mean, I do know it's not written the same, so it's not, but I'm just saying, if you hear someone go, hey Gianni, it might be an Italian guy going, hey Johnny, but they're just saying it classic Italian style, hey Gianni. Hey, Gianni, come over here. Like, okay, for example. Hey, Gianni, come over here. Which name was I saying? Johnny or Gianni? There's no way to know. Which makes me think it's the same name. Accents are only real if you can't help it. When people say things like croissant. Hey, can I um, take one croissant? I'll take one croissant. What are you doing? That's not... That doesn't make sense. If I'm talking to a friend and he goes, yeah, I'm going down to Mexico. I go, why did you just have an accent for one of those words? And I'm talking about white people here, okay? Don't get freaked out. White people that think, I'll just throw an accent in on this word. Well, you don't do it to other things. You don't go, hey, I'm going to Jamaica. They just do it to things that they've seen other people do, like croissant or Mexico. Like everyone that says the word croissant also, when they order a steak, say filet mignon. Why don't you use the accent there? What happened to the, when the word's in French, you gotta use the accent? Oh, you don't know how to do the accent, you just learned it from certain words because other people did it. That's who I'm going after in this episode. People who pretend they have accents for one word. Why don't you do it more locally too? Why don't you go, me and my friends, we're gonna go on a trip to Tennessee. Just keep it local, you know? Hey, I think I'm thinking about visiting New York. Just turn the entire world into clowns. Everyone choose an accent for any word. Just go for it. No, me, I'm trying to be culturally sensitive by saying Mexico. No, it's not my culture, but I want to say it. So I've been watching a lot of the MTV Movie Awards on YouTube because they're all up there, all the oldies. And I watched one from 2006 the other day, and Jessica Alba was the host. I don't know where I was in 2006, but I wasn't watching MTV. So this was all bizarro, weird stuff to me. I don't know what was popular. I was just like surprised to see what they were meshing together. Anyways, Jessica Alba is the host, and they're doing one of those things they always do, which is they will intercut the host into scenes from whatever the movie was popular that year, and they'll make, you know, sketch comedy out of it. And I guess this is a year where one of the King Kongs came out. I don't know which one or what it was, but they're intercutting her into King Kong, and 
Let me just say it's not funny. And there's a lot of slapstick stuff going on. It doesn't, and I'll just cut to the chase. There's a point in the sketch where, for some reason, the writers didn't have any other ideas, so they just have her sing a System of a Down song. And yeah, that does kind of sound funny to someone like me, in theory. But it's it's just not. It's just clear, like, they were like, this will be wacky, and this is a relevant song that came out. It's also a later System of a Down song, so it's not even them when they were kind of big. It's just like, it's her yelling, why don't presidents fight the war? Why don't blah, blah, blah? And like, it's very, it's deeply cringe. It's also just mixed in with King Kong footage, so it's like, it, it man, it was weird. Maybe that was like the, the era of the writer's strike and there was like a robot randomly choosing topics and things to put in there because, yeah, man, it's just like, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who it was even aimed towards. I guess maybe you could argue a lot about 2006 though. You could say like, we don't know what we're going for on any level in 2006. That was the era where people were just, just kind of coming down from the idea that they were in the future and finding out that they weren't. After the year 2000, obviously things get kind of crazy, and we're like, this is the future, and then by 2006, everyone's going, I guess we're not in the future. And then it's been a slow ride up to the uh, the year 2020, which I think people then agreed that that's the future again, because it has to feel, you know, the year itself has to look like it's a future year for us to believe that we're finally back in the future. All right, let's open up Instagram and get angry. This is something I've noticed. Um, it's not primarily Instagram. It's it's all social media that has memes, essentially. I've noticed that there's this weird loophole where you can make really racist or homophobic jokes or, or shame-based jokes, body shaming, whatever. You can call someone ugly, essentially, as long as you caption it with, y'all wrong for this one. I keep seeing this kind of shit where it's like, you're basically, the, the joke is that you're ugly. Like, here's one. It's a picture of a hot model lady. It says, her profile picture, and then it shows a slide over of a less attractive girl wearing the same suit, and it says, when you meet her. So the, the joke is that she's ugly, but as long as it's, like, presented in this way, it's not seen as that, which I don't get, because it's like, this. the joke is that this girl is ugly. Okay, here's another one. When his profile say he well-rounded, and then next to it is a picture of a very fat man. So the joke is, this guy's fat, but it's presented in this way of that, if this person presented that and lied to you, it's just like this weird loophole. Where you, it, it is a fat joke. Or like this one, the one I was talking about at the beginning. It's a little person uh, being thrown off of a deck. And there's some stupid meme stuff, but, it's, but it says, y'all wrong for this one. So it's like, I can post this offensive thing as long as I say y'all wrong. As if they're somehow the one that posted it, even though it's you're the one posting it. It doesn't, like, I. it's very bizarre to say, like, well, I'm putting it up there, but the ownership is on someone else. Pretty sure you're just spreading offensive material, but cool. cool. That's why the internet is so beautiful. Who's that dumbass country star that just got canceled for saying the N-word? I don't, I don't even know. I've never even heard of him, but I've heard that he's a star and that he's just canceled. And I'm going, what? F since when are you letting country people be stars? What the fuck is going on? And then two, why would you be surprised that a country singer says the n-word. What are you talking about? Let's be very clear. Every single southern guy has said both hard R as well as the soft A version. Because these stupid cum dumpsters all grew up loving country and rap. They all say it 
all the fucking time as a term of endearment. I grew up around these people. They, I mean, they're they're trying to use it the way that it was uh, taken back by black people and used as a term of endearment. But these are again the same kind of white kids with bowl cuts that are blaring. They're putting subs in their expensive cars their parents bought them and blaring rap music. But they're also southern country boys. I mean, it's the worst. It's it's. I don't recommend raising your kids in the south or anywhere on this planet. But I'm just I'm, I'm getting real tired with people being surprised at certain people that they would dare say. It's like, what do you mean? This country singer, his odds are doubled that he says the N-word and gets caught because he grew up, again, in a world of probably country and rap and loving both. So why would you be shocked by that? You should have never given this person a platform to begin with. We need to go back to the era in which country music was not in the mainstream world, nor politics. Let's go back, man. Let's go back to the shitty time. Let's go back to, like, 1998, I guess. It's not going to be good, but we're not going to have to talk about politics all day, and we're not going to have to talk about country music singers saying the N-word. And that's real freedom. We, w- we wouldn't have to watch TikTok videos. We wouldn't have to see every human in the world thinking they are actually funny. The thing is, th- I think anything could be funny. Like, any moment could be funny, any concept could be funny, but I don't think that any person can be funny. TikTok does think that, or TikTok does promote that. TikTok makes you think, I could make a video about how this rubber band doesn't work that well, and you know what? I'll be on Fallon tomorrow. And it's true. I guess I should get on TikTok. Oh yeah, Marilyn Manson is finally now getting canceled, which is truly ironic that the Christian world was trying to cancel him for so long, and then finally now the secular world has canceled him. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but I mean, like... No, I know his stuff was art or whatever, like his image and, and like nothing about his uh, a CD should necessarily make someone go to jail. But there's nothing about that guy that made me think that his art stopped at any line. Like, and I, that's a weird way to say it, but there's nothing about me that made me think that that guy wasn't going to rape someone. He never seemed like an avid anti-rape person. He was just about pushing the the edge uh, visually on some stupid level. But it's like, yeah, he's, he's a rock star guy who likes to be around people that think that they're weird and dark and are trying intentionally, attempting to be weird and dark. Those are the those are the real dangerous idiots. It's it's I mean, there's crazy people that want that go out and do horrible things. But then there's idiot people who think I'm just going to try to be a thing. I'm going to try to be dark and weird. Those are the real dangerous people. Because they're willing to mold into anything and kind of do anything. If the curtain could be lifted on all sides of fame, you'd see that, like, yeah, famous people and people with power are fucked up and do fucked up things. Maybe not every single one and not every single day. But if you're talking about rock and roll, rock and roll stars... What are we talking about? There's no way to start or end the list of rock stars and hooking up with either underage people, wasted people, people on drugs. The whole concept was about debauchery. And we as a society bought tickets for it. We 100% encouraged past tense and future tense. will encourage it. I'm not surprised by any rock star that gets called out. It's like, you, you, of course you did something fucked up. At the minimum, you being a superstar would elicit people to want to hook up with you thinking for, for a number of reasons. But like either way, there is a power differential there that is going to be abused 100%. People like me, however, people that are famous, successful comedians, never do this kind of stuff.
Except maybe like Chris D'Elia, Louis C.K. Well, I'm not a stand-up comedian, though. Don't count me in that fucking category. I'm just a celebrity superstar. I'm merely that. I'm no puff daddy, okay? I had a flashback the other day of a time in my youth when I thought I was being very cute, but I was not. I was at a baseball game. Must have been the Braves or something, because it was in L.A. Uh, 1993, right around the time of the riots. Um, I didn't know any of this stuff, though. I'm a kid. I don't know anything what's going on. But I'm at a baseball game with my dad, probably a brother or maybe two. I don't know who was alive at this point, but at a little baseball game, there's a, a guy sitting next to me eating french fries. And I just, while he's looking at me, I'm, I'm not trying to steal a fry secretly. I thought in my kid brain that, it, that he would think it was cute if I reached over and took a fry. I thought he'd be like, oh, that kid's cute. And um, he didn't think it was cute. He looked at me, and I remember my dad just physically picked me up and, not threw me, but he picked me up quickly and moved me to a different seat. Uh, and I was shocked, because I really thought that this guy was going to crack up. And now as an adult, I can look back and realize that L.A. in 1993, right around the time of the riots, is probably not the right time for a white kid to try to steal a french fry from a grown black man's tray of fries. At the time, I didn't know what was going on. Now I get it. I was humiliated at the time. I was like, I thought, I took a swing and I thought people were gonna like, I thought I was gonna get a standing ovation. And people were gonna think, this guy, this kid is hilarious. He had the wherewithal to figure out like, what would be funny and cute. Also, I guess at 93, how old would I be? Maybe it wouldn't, I, I was, in my child's mind, I, th I was thinking this person sees me as a baby and he's gonna think it's cute that I reach, which obviously, if you're choosing, if you're thinking that, that means you're already manipulating a scenario which is not cute. You're not, a, you're not a baby anymore if you're thinking what the other person might perceive. But either way, I reach over, grab the fry, put it in my mouth, and man, I'll never forget that man's eyes looking into my eyes. Because not there was not a smile crack, there was not a, it, it was just, it wasn't rage, it was just, there was just this, he just looked at me, I guess he was shocked, which makes sense. But that, in turn, I, I was shocked, and then I was picked up like a, by a crane and dropped into another seat. And then we had to, and we didn't leave, so we just had to sit the rest of this game, and I had to just like not look over at this guy that I accidentally offended when I thought I was going to make a friend. But it's all about context, folks. Later in life, you learn about riots and racism and how cute you actually are not. You're just a stupid white kid. Sometimes when you're a kid, you take swings when you, and you just think like, I know that how this is gonna go, and it doesn't go that way. I remember one time at dinner, I said, uh, hell, we're, and this is a, it, it, this was an era in which we were still like, you know, pretty Christian-y, or maybe early, even like the most Christian. But either way, I said uh, something at the, at the dinner table, and I threw in a, what the hell, as a phrase, and it was like a, silverware drop. I thought people were going to laugh. I thought it was going to be funny. And I, once again, struck out. I, I thought this was going to, like, I don't know why I would think, yeah, I guess just being a kid, you're an idiot, and you just have this idea that you know how something's going to go down. Kids are fucking idiots. I remember, I was so stupid. When you're a kid, like, you, you're looking at, you can run away from home, like, five times in one day, and your family doesn't even notice, and you come back, and you think you've experienced, like, lifetimes and you think you've gone through so much every day as a kid because it feels like a lifetime and your parents are just like what are you talking about and the parents are right 
just time is, is so relative, and as a kid, a day does take a long time, and you will experience a lifetime. Or so it feels. I remember being a little kid and, like, like be, going to, like, to the edge of my yard and thinking, like, man, I've really gone pretty far today. We went to this area of the yard we've never been. It's uncharted. Little kid drama is so funny because there is no point to it. You'll just think that you've been on a journey all day and you think you've been through so much and be like, I guess I've, I've, I've lived without my family for the rest of my life. And then within one hour, you're inside in the bathtub. Me trying to make everyone laugh at the dinner table is back to my theory of that, like, your family is, they're not going to be your fans. They're not going to think you're funny. You're not going to blow their mind. Your family doesn't want you to win. Everyone is in their own movie, and they want to win. Maybe they want to pull you up and help you win, too. But nobody on earth, no one's dream is for their sister or their brother to become very successful and then to slowly help them elevate, too. That's not anyone's dream. That's just not how we're wired. That's why whenever you see celebrities' siblings in interviews or whatever, they're always, you can tell there's a little bit of bitterness. There's a little bit of, oh, yeah, you think my sister Britney Spears is amazing? Well, I grew up with smelling her farts, so... She's not that amazing. She's just a human. I've seen her cry from falling down, from hurting herself on a, on a roller skate. How could that not be a weird, complex thing if your sibling is massively famous and successful? No matter what you're pursuing, you're like, I'm, tr I'm trying to get a name in real estate, but my brother Dane Cook, everyone wants to talk about him. I think it's pretty normal. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think most people on Earth don't want to be on a team that helps someone else achieve something that they want. It is hard to make yourself smaller and, and try to be a cog in a machine or whatever. Or, like, if you're in, in the acting world, let's say, or the comedy world, no one wants to go, like, hold the boom mic for a friend's project. They want to be on screen. They want to be doing it. Or they want to be part of this writing. They want to be, you know, everyone wants to have their fingerprints on something. But I don't accept it. And I want everyone to promote my project. So this is the section of the show. We got to give it up for all the boom mic operators, all the editors, all the people that are doing the work that other people don't see. We salute you because we need people to do work. That's a very simple statement. We need people to do work. That's my campaign. Hi, I'm Asher Rogers, and I'm here to say that we need people to do work. Don't look into what it means. Just sign up. Okay, well, I guess that's it for the final episode of This World Blows. I'll see you guys on the other side. I won't be seeing you. You'll be seeing me all over Instagram, all over the fame, uh, the famous show Entertainment Tonight. Jimmy Fallon will hashtag about me. Jim, uh, Jim, Jim, uh, Jim, Jim Jeffries will hashtag about me. All the Jims. Uncle Jim. I'm getting the gyms on my side. This is kind of a goodbye forever, I suppose, because I'm going to change my number. I'm never going to hear from you guys again. You guys are going to kind of follow me, worship me, do you know whatever you got to do to attach yourself to my fame. But as for me, I'll be eating caviar, snorting cocaine, injecting steroids into my penis, and wrecking airplanes, hopefully. That's it for This World Blows.